This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows. This week, Man and Machine, episodes three and four. Captain, I find this bizarre. How's that, Eve? Well, if you were going to choose an organ to represent maleness, I would think you would choose a large organ, and certainly not the smallest. Uh, the smallest. By far. Oh, so the male is basically unconcerned with size. Um. Well, that's another much longer discussion. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast about low-quality VHS transfers. I'm Luke here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? Well, we're uh, we're halfway. Having uh, three of us here having a malted milk. Uh, we're joined this week before we get into this by our guest Steve. He was uh, he's been here before. I think you were here for Galactica 1980. Yeah, that's right. And something you don't know is uh, last week the characters on Man and Machine went to get some malted milks. Oh, really? It's a futuristic drink. We think, of course. Yeah, malted milk. Everything old is new again, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even I don't even know what a, reg- a malted milk was in the past, so it's hard to know what it was in the future. Well, you had those malt shops, right? Didn't uh, Marty McFly went back to a malt shop? Yeah, he did. It's very sci-fi. So this is a well-honed homage to uh, Back to the Future. I, Back to the Future, yeah. I didn't and ha- Back to the Future Part 2, not number three. I didn't have the joy of watching episode one and two, but uh, it's a well-crafted sci-fi world. In <laughs> oh, <three. laughs> yeah, sure is. Well, that, it's a good question then. Did you have any like knowledge of Mad and Machine before we asked you to watch these two episodes? None at all. None at all. I, e- even doing very basic research, the only thing I could pinpoint here was Yancey Butler. Well, I will say, when I told you about it, you're like, you're hot for Yancey Butler. Oh, all kinds. Yancey Butler, Witchblade, and actually going back, I was trying to look, why do I know Yancey Butler? Why is she this this beautiful woman from my early childhood? Hard Target. 1993, Jean-Claude Van Damme, John Woo, Hard Target. Oh. And it's, it's that beautiful mix of full eyebrows and bright eyes that were big in the early 90s that mm. just she lives with me still to this day so these, have you heard uh, her voice recently she's fell on some tough times <laughs> unfortunately she sounds, I, this is not gonna be nice and maybe we won't keep this in there but she sounds a little bit like you know when people have the surgery in their throat the tracheotomy like the, yeah oh, it sounds a little bit like she's had the voice that done. box but it, what it is is just i think three thousand cigarettes a day oh, oh that's sad yeah. Yeah. alcohol has done a number to her life and career so you know good honor i hope that yeah. everything goes well for her in the future but god bless god bless and she's yeah. on next week right but uh <laughs> yeah but so these two episodes were a flashback to your childhood in some way in a little way yeah it was nice to see her again all right before we get into these episodes this week i think jordan has a little something for us i do and i changed it up slightly so i have two options for games that we can play um so i'll let you two pick which game we'll play but it must be a consensus. I'm not I'm not choosing between the two of you. I okay. can't do it. Okay. I can agree okay. to that. Oh, so, so the game option, the first one is Would You Rather, which we've done before, and it's I'll give you some people and you choose the scenario. And the second option is Guess the Cast Member. So I'll give you some uh, uh, choice roles that they had in their career and you pick who did what. Well, I think this is Guess Choice since I'll get the chance to do the other one, I'm sure, sometime in the future. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we're not throwing anything out. Well, there's, there's no real winner in Would You Rather. I mean, I would debate my answer and thus give the correct one, but I think in a trivia, I could probably beat Luke 
So my competitive side wants to oh, go. So you, you want to do something where you could win. Yes, exactly. That's oh, sorry. I thought that was clear, but yes. Okay. So let's go with option B. Okay. I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. I will not look at my notes. Okay. So, so this is, uh, we've done this once before. Hopefully this still works. But the, the weird thing about this show is I went through IMDb and looked at um, all the characters that are in the show from the beginning of the show all the way to episodes we haven't seen yet. And only four people are in more than one episode. So there's, there's, they have guest star after guest star after guest star, mm-hmm. but it's not like, you know, there is a lieutenant that comes and says a funny line in episode three and you'll see him again in number five. That doesn't happen in this show. So there's only four actors that I'm going to list only because they're the only ones that are listed as major people in this show. Fair enough. So the four people are, I'll start, uh, I don't know, just at the bottom of the list here is Christine Belford, um, who played Rose, who's the voice of the vending machine. Oh, she's the vending in two machine. episodes, and she's listed as the fourth highest actor on this show. I'll, I'll just fill Steven here. Vending machine's not in these episodes, but in the first episode, he gets in an argument with a donut uh, vending machine. Oh no, the donut vending machine is in one of these episodes. Oh, it's episode it? three. Yeah, yeah, because the, I the phased out. There's something going on with the chief. The chief is looking longingly at pastry yeah. as she walks through oh, it. Oh, walk so right. Right. <laughs> it's it, and apparently its name is Rose. So there you go. Okay. My dream of this being a character has come true. <laughs> so the other actor uh, is the lead, uh, David Andrews, who plays Bobby Mann. Uh, you also have, as we've mentioned, Yancey Butler, who's playing Eva Edison. And uh, my favorite character name, of course, Esapatha Merkinson, who's playing Margaret Claghorn. Oh, Captain Claghorn. So those are your four options. And uh, so I'll give you some roles, and then you guys can pick who, uh, who, who played we, what. Who played okay. what. All right. All right. right. Round one. This actor played the role of Reba in Pee Wee's Playhouse. All right. Well, we can narrow it down to three actresses. Well, no, show. it's Claghorn. It's not even an issue. So I don't know if you want me to go through all of these or if you want to just pick it. Oh, no, it's Claghorn. I know that for sure. I think I remember her. You should have, you should have saved your you should have saved it because now you can't win because now I know the answer. <laughs> oh, 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 like I got to write this down? Are, are, just we, are you saying we're buzzing in? Or okay. buzzing all right. In? So Steve's saying Claghorn. Do you well, I'm going to say Claghorn okay. now, too. Okay. Let's go to the next round. All right. And then we'll see who wins at the end. Okay. All right. This actor played Officer Hart, it's H-A-R-T, in the movie Hansel and Gretel Get Baked. Wow. That, the Oscar winner. The of Oscar course, winning, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yes, Hansel and Gretel. That's the prequel to uh, Hansel and Gretel Wish Hunter, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know the answer, but I'm, given what we know about the unfortunate future for Yancey Butler, I'm going to put her forward as a possibility. I think she might be my selection. Steve? I'm going to go with the uh, actor that plays man, because I think that he has a, a predilection to play punny punny names. Mm. So like this might be some sort of heart, heart pun. Bo- in both good picks. Uh, round three. This actor played the role of, I'm going to pronounce it Satak, because I've never seen it, but it's Satak in Stargate SG-1. Oh, mm. so, so it's Canada. Mm-hmm. It might be Shitak. It's S E apostrophe T A K. It would be difficult to get the name Shitak on, on <laughs> yeah. television. So, <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, oof. Should I take a swing? I mean, you've already used Yancey. Like she was your ace in the hole. So, I mean, she could be. She could be. She be in two of these. I don't know. Oh, that's true. I didn't realize we could. But I'm. Up. I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna take a swing. Okay. I'm gonna bet on. I'm gonna put my money on Rose, the vending machine. That's where I was going as well. Rose. Okay. All right. I so we're you. in agreement on yeah. here. All right. All right. And finally, this actor played the role of Lita. Uh, I don't know the gender of Lita uh, in Battlestar Galactica, the original show. Oh shit! Wouldn't well. it be great if all these were Yancey Butler somehow? <laughs> somehow, I'll Yancey yeah. Butler. 
uh, what was Andrew Mann, Bobby Mann, what's his name? David Andrews. I'm going to take a swing and assume he was a child on Galactica. Nice. Uh, well, I've only left Yancey Butler, but I know it's not her. Because... Well, you don't, you don't have to. All right, so I'm going to double down and then say Rose again. All right, the vending machine. One yeah, more the time. vending machine. Okay, well, I'll give you the answers. I think I know who won, but you can add up yourself based on your scores, and I think I know who won this. Very, well, we know, very complicated game. We know yeah. I cheated in the first one, so it's a tie there. We'll cancel right. that one. Oh, sorry. No, so, the, did we get that correctly, though? The actor who played Reba in Pee Wee's Playhouse was, in fact, S. Epatha Merkinson. Mm-hmm. And it was a recurring character. A recurring character. Oh, yeah. I remember her as well. Yeah. She was also in. She's uh, a male person. She's a what? Yeah, it was something she, like male, that. She's yeah. female. She's yeah. a male carrier. Yeah. Fine. Right. Sure. <laughs> yes. All right. The uh, next round, the actor who played Officer Hart in Hansel and Gretel Get Baked was, in fact, Yancey Butler. <sighs> Yes, that's one point for me. Wow. The actor who played Satak in Stargate was Bobby Man, not Bobby Man, David Andrews. I still know his name. No, is. says you. Was that me? Yes. Is that him? Yeah, because I said it was. No, we both said Rose. We both said Rose. That's right. It's you. You're going to win on Yancey. Oh, yes. And last, the actor who played Lita was, in fact, Christine Belford, who was the voice of Rose. Oh, so we're machine. tied. We're tied, yeah, because I said Rose. Good job. Well done. Perfect tie. Yeah. Okay. I tried to find more about Christine Belford. I didn't find much, but she did. All- it looks like she was an actress to a certain point and then went, nah, I'm just doing voice work, which I guess happens as people get older. Oh, yeah. It's a good deal, man. Maybe I think maybe like the role of Rose was so good. She's like, mm. I got to do this again. Like I'm made to do vending machine who <laughs> withhold yeah. donuts. Bruce Willis has been phoning in his roles for a long time. <laughs> he just does voice work, right? They just use it, a CG. Yeah, they just CG him. When, when is Bruce on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Out of left field, I could have pulled any actor, right? <laughs> Bruce Willis, fuck that guy. <laughs> I mean, he's an easy target. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right. Well, what, was, what was the name of that Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? Hard Target. You should have said he was a hard target. Oh, that's nice. And brought it all back. You said he was an easy target. Oh, did I? Oh. I forgot that we had even said Hard Target Guys, earlier. it said in the bayou. Have you seen it? It has fucking... Jean-Claude Van Damme in the bayou? La- I mean... Lance Hendrickson in it mm. as the villain. And his right-hand man is uh, Vaslu? Arnold Vaslu? Is it my... I don't know who that the is. The Mummy. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're hunting people for sport. <laughs> So it's like a most dangerous game. Yeah, it's totally a most dangerous game. Hmm. Jean-Claude Van Damme comes back to town. I think it's Louisiana because his, ex, his ex-army his brother, his brother, ex-Vet army, whatever, uh, is murdered uh, for sport. And he investigates. It's fantastic. I think murdered. I think murder for sports a better title. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on uh, <laughs> Steve's podcast, the uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme Hour. Well, yeah. I'd like to plug my new... Bu- no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> not yet. I would do that. I... Uh, would tell you I'd watch it, but I probably won't. <laughs> I'll just have you explain it to me after the podcast. We'll do. That's all I need. To, that's all I need. All right. Let's let's get into these two episodes, shall we? I, I'm sure we all have a lot to say. All right. Here's the IMDb summary for episode three. No pain, no gain. Eve revives an ex-cop who wants to die by getting him to help investigate murders committed for body parts. That was courtesy of Gus F., that's barely the plot of this episode. Yeah. Hey, are you are you calling Gus F out? Uh, I'm saying he's either stupid or bad at his job of writing a synopsis, which I assume is his job. Also, I thought it sounded like she brought him back. Like when you say yeah, revive, that's what I mean. It's like, did I miss shit? Like I did not see her do CPR on. Yeah, that this show is definitely all. not exciting enough he's to be reviving a dead body. More of a poet. It was a revival of his spirit. It's a thematic I, summary. I as think, I think uh, Gus was actually Luke's handle on high nine MTB. Now, we saw this briefly in the second episode, but I guess what we're seeing now in the start of the show is all these episodes kind of have this 
it's not exactly a cold open. It's kind of just like a bumper at the start where you could just see the crime scene through robo vision, oh, like yeah. that circle on the screen and all like the information popping up and like photos of evidence being taken. It's a it's an interesting choice actually. I don't I don't hate it. It's the worst Terminator vision ever recorded on film, and it's delightful. Well, what's funny about it is <laughs> it makes it seem as if the robot or android or whatever you want to call it can't see very well mm. it's got that thing where you know it's just like the head can't move properly so it's it's i'm like well what are they looking at and i, I just I, I assume the robot's stumbling around bumping into things so <laughs> I, you you said android i think that is actually a gynoid so in my research uh the wikipedia has her listed as a gynoid which is of course the female robot although the first wait so, their androids are gendered well the term android the and part of it so the droid obviously is is from robot, but the the a n part of it is is male. Is so the like, female android is actually a gynoid. So but Latin? Uh, I'm not sure if it's Latin or Greek. If you prefer, Robot Tess is actually the first female uh, version, but she's not. She has human parts, right? Or is she entirely? I mean, she techno organic. We don't know. We don't know. Okay. We don't know. Well, she can eat. We know that much. But I don't know what that happens after that. Maybe it just comes out like regular. Just and and she can shower. In this show, there's um, uh, an inordinate amount of people showering. She also exercises. She exercises, yeah. yeah. For some reason. She sweats. Lubricant. <laughs> she lubricates. That's important. Yeah. She's supposed to fit, right? She's a she's an infiltration droid? Some I mean, sort of Terminator scenario? At the end of the day, this is some sort of prequel to some other show. Yeah. So this this first crime scene that we see on the beach. Yes. I, I, is the worst maintained crime scene I have ever seen. Because there's just a child playing on the beach? Uh, a small child building a sandcastle at the foot of a dead... Not Sorry, not at the foot. At the feet of a dead body. Like, yeah. the feet are the, the drawbridge of this kid's sandcastle. Yeah, I was confused because I thought at first it was going to be... Like, a murder was going to happen. We were going to see it. Or then... But then, yeah, it just didn't make sense. It's like... I guess the cops just don't care in the future. They're like, yeah, yeah, we'll make a sandcastle. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit. And only in passing, we'll see it a lot more in these episodes. But, like... The level of police work and what is legal and illegal is oh. uh, like bizarre in the future, apparently. I like that there was, you didn't see them. You did see a man and a woman kind of walking away from the crime scene, like, and the woman was being consoled. But then you heard voiceover of a guy just hitting on a woman. Just being like, hey, baby, come for a walk. Let's walk up the beach. And I'm like, are you stepping over a dead body right now as you're hitting on this lady? Like, I assumed at first, and I, I don't know how I feel now because the show doesn't make any sense, but. I thought what you were hearing was the audio of the murder. As did I initially. I also thought that, but it's it's not unrelated. It's not, yeah. Until that kid was burying the kid's the, the dead body's foot. Yeah, for sure. It's probably because it was like recorded in post and seems like it was overlaid over top and <laughs> didn't fit the scene, but it also didn't reveal anything about the crime. Johnny, don't build that sound castle over there. <laughs> well, this sort of opens up this episode after this is there's a is a little cold open here before we get to this crime scene where um, apparently the police force has gifted eve a yellow convertible to drive around in mm -hmm. man drives a hummer and he brings her he's like the uh Clycorn got you a car it's this yellow convertible i'm just like what is happening here it's, it's just that i think they just wanted a pretty girl driving a cool sports car mm. and so they're like i don't know the police department just gives it to her who cares i'm not making all these decisions it's a very sexy episode this one right she had the hot car there's the hard bodies in this episode. Like it was very, there was a, a, a pretty raucous uh, sex scene for 1992. I mean, like, I, I guess maybe that is the MO of the show. It's kind of like a sexy LA cop show ish. Yeah. All the kind of, I mean, I don't find it sexy, but well, it's just the blurriness that's happening. 
But don't uh, worry, she has driving programmed into her. Uh, NASCAR and Indy 500, I believe. Uh, I believe that is the correct. Yeah. Or no, sorry, Daytona. And they did another speedway. You know what else. she should have just had? Normal driving. Just normal driving would be yeah. good. Well, she's a police officer, so yeah, okay. pit maneuver, some stuff going on. Well, there you go. See, it all checks out. We uh, we jump ahead to kind of the case of the week here where this body we've already seen is washed up on the shore. And what they kind of put together, it's the seventh victim of some sort of black market organ ring. They, they pull him out of the ocean. And he's got no organs inside of him. His entire body cavity has been stuffed with gravel, which is kind of a plot to all and almost yeah, human pretty close which this show mirrors quite significantly i wanted to ask about that because it seems very similar well it was it was very funny because that it, in almost human there was organs taken out of bodies and they were stuffed with straw and that's why they fight the straw man and i was like oh, oh it's the gravel man they gotta go after the... yeah but unfortunately they, no gravel man yeah they very quickly like know this is some sort of blackmail case because mm. i guess it's the seventh victim and they i they mentioned it's like He's from the social group 1B. And I was just like, so every, everyone's really labeled in this in this universe. What social group are you part of? <laughs> so even after the cold open, I don't mean to harp on this again. That kid is still building this end castle. <laughs> well, it's actually bigger. I actually think those cold opens aren't chronological. Oh, okay. Like, I think what we're supposed to be seeing in those cold opens is that moment when Jane arrives at the crime scene eventually. Right, when Eve arrives. Or Eve, sorry. Right. My brain. It's okay. It's a very simple name. Um, detective eve edison detective eve edison uh but so because in the other episode too we always see the crime scene but it's often ten, five or ten minutes before eve ever arrives and i think what we're seeing is a jump forward to what eve sees in this uh, clumsy point of view right right anyway they, they start doing some police work on it they head back to the uh precinct's computer room which is a new room we haven't seen big old computer room one computer oh this is brand new yeah okay and uh they sort of piece it all together all the victims were new to town all the victims belong to the same health club and uh they're able to kind of pinpoint a pattern where they're like oh i think the next victim will be picked up at this at this next health club well what i like about it is this is the second uh, time we've seen their uh their deductive reasoning uh where they just start listing stuff and uh man just goes by intuition she's just like this this is a connection this connection she's like i like the sound of that one and that was it like, it was health club. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Well, she's basically asked Jeeves, right? Like, she sits at the computer, and then he just monologues. And then and she, she types n- it And she numbers stuff down, yeah. right? And she's like, yeah, there's 400 health clubs in the area. Oh, uh, how many is this? Oh, there are now seven. And she just whittles the number yeah. down. Well, I have to ask about the police work again on the show. Because at first I was like, oh, good. They're, like, piecing it all together. But I'm like, wait, this is the seventh victim? Yeah. I was like, so nobody on the police force has at any time looked into any of the previous victims. No, they didn't have any families. They were new in town. There were no robots available. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they, so they're able to track down the Nazi uh, the, fitness center. The New Age yeah. Health Club. Oh, my God. And it, I, I don't even know if that was the health club. That was the entry area to get into the health club. Yeah, that was an entrance exam. They, they, it's a very exclusive health club because those who join it immediately 75% of them will become VPs in their company and everyone has higher success in the stock market from working out at this health club. Although it does seem like it's mostly uh, like that they just motivate you while you do push-ups. Motivate. That's an interesting word. They basically just chastise you while you do push-ups. Seems like motivation right. to me. Under some very blue lights. Yeah, blue, a lot of blue. Neon light. What I would, I would totally go to a gym that was all neon lighting and had a smoke machine in it. That was really the kicker for me. Was this that that haze? Really good for your lungs as you work out. Oh, it'd be so awesome! Imagine coming off the treadmill and just like a 
and the smoke comes up behind you like walking away from an explosion every time you did it it did a crunch i mean it definitely felt like they were i was when i was writing down i'm just like is this some sort of cult or militia they've joined yeah both 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 the worst madonna video of the 90s was shot there it was it was crazy but at any rate well they sort of wrap this up they see a couple sort of flirting a couple beefcakes who are flirting in the corner and they're like hey against the rules to flirt at this health club so we should uh, keep an eye on those two mm-hmm. something something's up and there's a bit of a, a stake out here where they uh take her car and kind of or take the new convertible and follow them back to her place i guess and spend the night and we kind of cut hard cut to the morning and man's asleep in the convertible and we kind of get a like a sense of uh what happened like he somehow slept through the night and eve is driven around all night like they've gone to a knockoff blockbuster <laughs> He well, he's followed them. Like, yeah. So Eve has followed them as they had like they went home and had a little sex, and then they went and got some food, and then they went to a movie. Like they went and saw Body Heat, which well, they, was an odd name drop. They they had rented it from I wrote it down here from a, a store called Disc Buster. Oh, is that what it was? Okay, nicely done. But the idea of this though is like she's filling him in all this. He's been asleep in the car, passed out the entire time. Yeah. Possibly. Well, oh, sorry. She she makes an illusion though that she accidentally knocked him out while driving. Oh right. He right. was asleep and she took a turn and yeah yeah he's like why does my jaw hurt? But she she just gives him a nice little twinge when she's like oh maybe it was from all the exercise it was a shock to your system and this man is man the man man is incredibly insecure about his body like <laughs> well, it's shocking. He's not in so. any kind of shape. Now, did you guys catch the uh, John Candy reference? Well, I was yes. gonna say this was on the radio when they wake up. They're listening to uh, Radio Free LA. Which implies that it's some sort of pirate radio station, but then has a contest. Right. Yeah, the the radio, especially in the next episode, is the greatest like bit of world building that this show is doing. It is fantastic. The radio definitely does all the heavy lifting world building. Work. It's so good. But what were they giving away? What John Candy paraphernalia were they giving away it on the was, radio? It was the John, the new John Candy exercise hologram. So here, here was my thought about this. Either the joke there is. John Candy gets skinny, mm-hmm. and so like, oh, uh, as a pretty well-known, famous, larger man gets skinny, so it must be a good exercise program. Or they're taking a real, just mean shot at John Candy for some reason. Like, wouldn't it be hilarious if he had an exercise thing because he's I, fat? I think either way, they're taking a mean shot at John Candy yeah. <laughs> for no reason. Like, and no reason. Everyone likes yeah. John Candy. Though so this is just after Home Alone, like Home Alone's ninety ninety one, right? So John Candy's still. Peak John Candy. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Why are you? Why? I don't understand. He's not. He's not as big as like Wagons East John Candy. Oh no, that, he never would be again. That's uh, a tragic. <laughs> tragic. Never would be again. Oh, thanks, Steve. Yeah. This is so the stake is going on. They haven't seen anything in a while, so they kind of sneak around the house to sort of peek in a window and see if like, oh, has she been murdered by the big beefcake? And they hear all this screaming. <sighs> Sorry. But Just like, the memory of it was. But when they get to the window, they're like snuggling very like softly. Well, they're done. The the uh, the idea there was that uh, they had just uh, finished what they were doing, uh, which was very passionate, and now they're they're in yeah. e- in each other's arms. But they're as as we're classic with Ban, his he's just off in his timing. I it didn't feel right to me. It didn't feel like what was happening when they looked in would match the screams that were happening. I think it's probably because it's also like they wanted this joke, but it's 1992 TV, so you can't have. I find it interesting know. that we both have to explain to Luke like why a woman might scream during coitus, like why why she might be enjoying herself. So 
Thanks, Steve. I, I, I just said it was interesting. It's been great having you on the podcast <laughs> for the last time. Um, uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out. At no point, though, really. No point did those sound like any was anybody no, was they, in trouble. Like It wasn't a scream of murder. Once they kind of see that they're both still alive, they basically call off this investigation. They're like, well, this was a bust. Let's give up on this whole route. Yeah, the, basically, their detective work was, we think one of them is the murderer, but it didn't happen in the small time frame that we decided to watch them so thus they can't be the murderer mm. yeah so they kind of go down a new path they're going to choose to go undercover in the black market oregon uh scene i guess and sort of figure out what's going on and they they turn to an ex-cop named burn Ruder. yeah which burn i Ruder. thought at first i thought it was like a futuristic name i thought his first name was burn and his last name is Ruder, but it's not i looked it up his mm. last name is just burn, burn Ruder. Ruder. yeah burn Ruder. Yeah. classic so, lame before yeah. they get to burn Ruder, they go back to base right they go back to the, the police station. Oh, yeah. They probably stopped by. And this is another like, I, I didn't mind this show. I don't want to, you know, bury the lead here, but I really enjoyed some of the stuff that was going on here. There were just dial up modems just wailing in the background <laughs> yes. as, as they were walking through from from scene to scene in the uh, the police station. I thought it was great. Well, it's funny. They do have that as a sound design choice. Mm-hmm. No internet in this show. There's no internet in this world. Really? Well, we don't. We haven't seen it. We yet. haven't seen it yet. All indications, though, are they—they they don't seem to have like everything they've done so far, technology-wise. Right, has no interconnectivity. Okay, like, that idea seems to be something that this show hasn't considered. What you're actually just hearing is faxes. The fax machines going off, yeah. getting called the wrong numbers. Yeah, exactly. So a, a real telephone line is calling a fax machine. Yeah. You're hearing that noise. But you're right. We don't know. Maybe a future episode will deal with the Internet of the Future. But I thought she was doing all because she does a lot of searching, right? So yeah. I thought it was just her. Like she was able to. To VR into the intranet, maybe she can plug a computer into her brain, right? And then she can use that computer to like look things up. But it's unclear whether there's any sort of like it seems like it's a police network, maybe. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. As opposed to maybe a public one, but uh, it, it has been unclear. Anyway, they they visit Bernruder, this ex cop, and he's he's good to talk to because he's had seven pa- transplants in the past, not including heart transplants. <laughs> Do you guys can you guys name the seven organs he has had transplanted? I have wow. no idea. Who's just guess? Uh, liver. One. Kidney. Two. Spleen. No. Bone marrow. Yes. That was a hard one, too. Yeah, I, I remember him saying that one. Um, I only have two more. I'll just... I'll yeah, you tell me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pancreas and the uh, pituitary gland. Oh, pituitary oh. gland. Why? Do you need that? I, I don't know. <laughs> Is he no, growing you, still? No, you, don't, you don't need that. <laughs> um, but he's had a bunch of these because there's been some sort of transplant boom in the future that kind of allows people to live indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess is why there's such a, I'm like, you're going to have a lot of people have to die for there to be a transplant boom. But I guess that's why there's so much black market organing. Well, we know people uh, driving sports cars that only have uh, the programming for race car drivers. You get a lot of people dying. <laughs> oh, I suppose so too. A lot of, a lot of accidents out there. But the interesting thing about a man who's had seven transplants, not including heart transplants, is he doesn't want to be alive. He wants to die more he, than anything. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really interesting as a character, like... He's just, he's an old guy that it, basically it's 10 years, right? He's given himself 10 more years since the last transplant. Yeah. Whatever. And he longs for death. It, and I mean, they don't get into his backstory. They don't talk about like, oh, my wife passed away or, you know, I've, I'm not on the force anymore. I've got nothing to live for. But he, he starts off a pretty interesting character with this desire to die. He's, he's almost a more three-dimensional character than the main, main actors in the show. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, I would have liked to know where the turn was because I'm like, you've had all these organ transplants, so you wanted to live at some point. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to kind of know like what was missing. I mean, I guess we kind of find out that he kind of basically misses work. I guess mm -hmm. um, he 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 doesn't have a sense of purpose anymore in his life. Yeah, yeah. it is. But but man does man has an interesting moment after their first meeting with Bernard because he's like, oh, I play checkers with him every Tuesday. And I try to beat him every Tuesday. So he's mad enough to stay alive till the next Tuesday. Yeah. So it's like Tuesdays with Bernruder. The only thing that's keeping him alive is his rage is keeping yeah. him alive. <laughs> that's what she said. So she said that. She's like, do people just live for revenge? Like, yeah. All, all, all the people. that You're in LA. That's what they do. <laughs> um, essentially, though, he kind of fills them in. He's like, all right, if you want to get into the black market, you're going to need like a premium organ if you're going to get like kicked up high enough to get into one of these transplant rings or whatever. Um, and so he's just like, there's only one organ that's premium enough for this to work. What is it, Steve? It's a testicle. If you want to go fast, get a testicle. I have it written down in all caps. Yeah. So this, this, this will lead to many things they think are jokes throughout the episode. That, that's a good way of saying it. it's many things they think are jokes and they kind of look like jokes they kind of smell like jokes but they're not jokes no. no no there's literally an entire scene where cleghorn and eve have a conversation about men love testicles they just love those testicles and i'm just like and now that scene, that, that, scene went, that scene went on for about 43 minutes right oh it did go on i was just like i'm like well this is weird guys you have soured on on sci-fi tv i had a good time in that scene that was quite fun because were, they were how do you joke about the penis in 1992 on television you're not allowed to say it you're not allowed to show it. You're not allowed. Like, it's not HBO. This well, is regular ass cable. Right? I mean, I think we've watched enough of these shows to know that, like, this is a joking about a penis and testicles is pretty par for the course. Look, after watching Battlestar Galactica 1980, which I recommend all you listeners go back and listen to that excellent episode of the podcast. <laughs> um, this, this is a, a gem for me. I had a real good time with fair, this episode. All right. So. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, we're going to have very different opinions, apparently, but uh, that's very funny. Um, anyway, man goes to this underground club where it's full of punks and weirdos and one robotic monkey, apparently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was it a robot monkey? Yeah, they, they say, they're like, oh, these bars used to have real monkeys, but now they're all just robotic. Yeah, I think that was a gibbon, but... Uh it's not know. important i don't know what a monkey it's all it's all no. a monkey to it me has, it's a prehensile tail so it's it's a monkey it's in the monkey family okay. but i think it was a given a golden given but i, I have to go back and look it's robotic so. though still right? it was robotic all yeah. right great great um he meets this organ trader and basically man fails to his mission because the guy all the guys willing to give him he's like he's like i'll help you out but i'll, I'll just give you a dog testicle can i just say that his uh, undercover costume was just a pair of glasses and a, and a suit <laughs> oh and he combed That's his it. hair yeah yes yeah different so, part so, it it did take him at least forty five seconds to get that costume ready. Well, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a tough one. He just needed to look like a guy who wanted to buy a testicle. That's true. This was a hell of a bar, though. So not only did you have the the robotic monkey, but uh, Ruby, the testicle dealer, mm -hmm. had a personal little person mm -hmm. that was sitting on the bar just holding his drink. Oh, you thought it was person? I thought that was just like I thought that was a bartender. No, no, he was sitting on the bar. I I wasn't sure what their relationship was. Mm. He might have been a bartender, but that's personal service. That's like. He wasn't pouring him a drink. He had a drink. There was a little person holding his drink, waiting for him to like accept it and then give it back to him. Oh, All I know service. is no matter what, it cost $50,000 to get a testicle. A dog one. A dog, a dog one. one. That's true. It wasn't you know, not even a human one. It, the, the problem is the story falls apart because you only need one testicle to produce offspring. You don't need both. I know. I thought the same thing. Okay. Well, All I right. mean, it doesn't. Nothing really ever adds up. Anyway, so... This dead ends. This investigative route also dead ends. So this is two we've dead ended already. Are we not going to say who Ruby the Tesco dealer was? Oh, I don't know. Who is he? He's Jack Keller. 
Did you guys not recognize Jack Keller? No. He plays uh, Marty from The Big Lebowski. So that's the guy that owns The Big Lebowski's apartment that invites oh. him to his one-man interpretive dance show. Okay. He's, okay. Marty's been in some serious stuff. Or sorry, Jack. Jack Keller. I, did, uh, I didn't recognize some him. Stuff. Yeah, he's a, he's a legit character. I think he's got 178 credits on IMDb. That's so, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I will say, I, I think I did recognize him, but I didn't like clock him as like anyone I knew from anywhere specifically. I was just like, oh, there's a guy you see in things. What was the monkey from? <laughs> the monkey was not in any other. This is the a, Congo. That's no Congo. <laughs> Amy, Amy, me. Remember, she just kept saying. I Amy. love that movie. Yeah, I watched you? it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, yes. This sort of investigative road dead ends. We kind of jump back to Eve, who's who's bumping around the computer again, and it informs her that the woman they were following earlier who they gave up on tracking has gone missing so uh they immediately book it back to her house and uh break into her home without a warrant mm. but i guess maybe they thought she was in imminent danger but what they find is not her dead but the beefcake is in the fridge mm-hmm. was he dead no he was, yeah because well, i thought was, he was dead he's brain mean, dead he's essentially be brain dead but they were pumping in so oxygenated he's, he's, he's blood de- he's dead Yes, but his organs are still working yeah. so that they can harvest them at a later right. date. Yeah, we got all kinds of tubes coming in and out of mm-hmm. him to uh, keep those organs good and tasty. Beefcake. I know. Keep that beefcake fresh. <laughs> also, there wasn't the... Did they install a fridge? I'm assuming because she's part of this organ trading thing that this is like common for her. That right, she's it's got a her fridge house. fridge that she hangs people in. Yeah. Okay, right, right, right. You're right. No, you're right. They went to her place. Right, okay. That's my assumption. I'm assuming they didn't show up with a fridge. It's like, it was like before we uh, hook up, I got to bring my fridge in. <laughs> yeah. But this sort of leads to another steak out of the woman's house, which also, like the steak up before, they're sitting there like, we'll wait here until she gets back and then we'll bust her. And they get a call and they're like, oh no, Burn Rooter had another heart attack. We better go. And they just leave the house with mm. no one watching it because immediately after that, she returns. She comes back with the evil transplant doctor mm. who is someone we'll notice. Yes. It's, uh, of course, Jigsaw from yeah. the Saw movies. Or to- Tobin Bell. Tobin, Tobin Bell. Bell. Or from Harsh Realm. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah. We've seen him before. Yeah, I think he's one of our first uh, first actors that has shown up twice now as a villain in a TV show. Absolutely. I think he is the, he's the first repeat. Mm-hmm. He doesn't uh, get enough credit. He's quite good in this. He's, he's actually a little bit charming. Well, he's great. Cause they start this thing where they go and they look at the body like, oh, it's all ready to go. That's great. And he just sits in a chair drinking milk through a straw. It was milk. <laughs> he's just drinking milk through a straw. And it's like, that melted milk must be good <laughs> in the future. Well, you see him drinking again. But it's not milk and not through a straw. I mean, why is that not a, a character quirk that shows up in every scene? <laughs> it was just—it was just like it was his birthday that one day. Yeah. He was just like treating himself. Well, like, why a straw? She opened the fridge to show the beefcake, and he's like, "Oh, you got some milk? Can I have some?" And he just poured himself a glass of milk. Yeah. <laughs> Water is is being rationed out as mm-hmm. we learn next episode, but milk is just flowing freely. <laughs> so. They go back. They quickly check on Boom Router, Boom Burn Router, Burn Router, Boom Burn Router, um, and he's now in an oxygen mask, drinking a beer, and he's just like, "Ah, I'm fine-ish." Yeah. No, no, that's double fisting. That guy was double fisting like a champ. Yeah, small little oxygen cannon in one hand, beer in the other, yeah. and just like drink, <laughs> drink. For a man with nothing to live for, he's finding a way to get by. He's going, going hard. Um, but yes, he uh, he basically is like, hey, you guys gave up too quickly on that testicle route. Maybe you should go back to the exact same guy and try to buy another testicle. Um, they kind of switch up the undercover this time by bringing Eve as his wife with him, mm-hmm. who uh, they really need to have a baby immediately. They cannot wait. So we need to get the testicle today, which I'm just like, 
you, this is so suspicious. I know. It's just, it's also like, I, look, I don't know a lot about the recovery of various surgeries, but let's say you had a, a testicle surgically added back to your body. I'm assuming you're not going to be trying to uh, have sex within a couple hours, which is what they're, which were they're implying that like, as soon as that surgery is done and that doctor sews up that last little, uh, puts the last needle in there, it's like, let, let's get to it. I think in vitro fertilization started in the 1960s. I don't, I don't oh. know the exact date, but like it's a long time ago, right? A million ways that could be easier than this. Yeah. It's you a, mean there's an easier way to make a baby than going to a club where they have robot monkeys serving you? Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, why a testicle? Was it just the gag? Eh? It was it's, just it's the just, gag. It's just as funny to All say right. testicle. Okay. It, yeah. I mean, it really was a return to a gag that they were hoping was going to work. Because even their explanation is like, I'm from a very rich family and I won't get my inheritance unless I have a baby. So we need a testicle today. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? I, it would have been good if they went back and now that she'd had that conversation with Cleghorn, who I just want to call Foghorn Leghorn every time I think of that name. <laughs> like she maybe had learned something? Yeah, like she's like, you know, my husband can't make love to me. He feels that he's inferior. Like she does talk about how he's the the laughing stock of at, his, work. at his at work. work. I'm like, at work, where everybody uh, knows, apparently. Yeah. No. I hear you can't impregnate your wife. <laughs> <laughs> So, but you know, if they had just, if she had gone to that, I'm like, oh, that's fucking character development from, you know, we had an earlier conversation and now it's reached a point. But instead it's just like, we need a baby right now. Like pay him $50,000 for a baby. You can get yeah. one of those right now. Easy peasy. Right? I got a robot baby in my trunk. <laughs> where do you, where do you think his character worked that he was playing? Like uh, the law firm of Bully Bully and Meanie? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, bad joke. Let's continue. This guy's like, all right, fine. You bring me a whole bunch of money. I will get you the testicle you want. Cleghorn gives man a bag of money. They meet him in an alleyway and man just drops all pretenses. To me. He's like, I'm a cop. And he's like, Oh no, I'm a criminal. I'm arrested. <laughs> and he's just like, I want you to get me to jigsaw. And, uh, if you do that, you're off the hook, which is, you know, it re- they're really moving through what are the pieces of this like mm-hmm. plot suddenly. Also, I assume the DA would have a real problem with him making a deal before he's even, uh, yeah. He's even gotten to court. No one's asked any questions. Yeah. Well, I don't... This is a Dick Wolf show, so you would assume there's some sort of law and order in the future, but I there's no prisons or judges. I think they just kill criminals. No, we talked about this in the previous podcast, is that this isn't really a Dick Wolf show, because what you think it is and right. what it is are two very different things. I think Dick Wolf's um, association with the show is he one time walked through the parking but lot. Anyways, it's a Dick Wolf show with no testicles. Yeah. Is that what yeah. Right. That's, that's, law that, and order. You know what? Bravo. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. See, bringing it back. That's what they need to be doing in the show. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he kind of makes this deal with this criminal. They set up a meeting with Jigsaw. Jigsaw shows up, and um, now he's playing a new undercover character of uh, some sort of... He represents some rich guy who wants to buy a full set of new organs. Oh, yeah, the whole set. There's this, like, scene in Eve's house where he's, like, setting up this deal. He's like, but before I buy them, I need to see the body. So they're like, all right, well, come with us and we'll show you the body. Meanwhile, while he's kind of set up this sting, Eve has gone out and like recruited Burnrutter to be her new partner for the stakeout to give him something to live for. Burnrutter, who is absolutely trashed when she arrives. <laughs> like he is in no state to help anyone. Well, but he's, he's game. He's oh, yeah, a, he's up there. He's also not a cop anymore. You can't just oh, give, no. give, give a man a gun, which he already had, and be like, Come on, a stakeout. No it's law, the no future. order. It's yeah. The future. There's no law. It's it's this, this show. is There's no law at all. No law, no order, no nothing. Unfortunately for man, Jigsaw immediately sees through the entire ruse. Like, he is not for one moment fooled. And then man is just brought back to his cathedral 
his cathedral-like oh. surgery room, the big dome ceiling. It's gorgeous. On the second floor. I know. It wasn't <laughs> even in the main hall. It was amazing. He strapped down, and they're like, well, let's uh, take his organs while we're at it. Yeah, why not? He's very resourceful. Uh, what's his name? Tobin Bell's name? Tobin Bell? Jigsaw? Jigsaw. Okay, we're going to Jigsaw. I, I was calling him Jigsaw. The Milkman. So. And he's so pleasant in this. He was so nice. His whole backstory, he's like a Spider-Man villain. His whole backstory was like, I did it for free. I saved a life. And then he just came knocking on my doors for more black market things. So I had mm. to do it. Yes, I'm rich now. But I mean, Tobin Bell can deliver some ham, no problem. He makes furniture in his spare time. Like he tells him that. I was like, do you have a hobby? I make furniture in my spare time when I'm not cutting people up for millions of dollars. I think that's just more uh, time wasting. The show loves just oh, really? throwing and stuff just to, to eat up some more time. I thought it was Tobin Bell just coming and be like, yeah, yeah no, I'll, I'll act on this, but I'm doing it my way. You got to give me one monologue. Yeah. That's all I, I, I require one monologue every episode. I love that Tobin Bell has never had hair. He's had that receding hairline like that. Oh, almost he, the Jean-Luc. It's like, it's like Gene Hackman. Gene yes. Hackman started balding apparently at four years old. And then just, <laughs> and then just it didn't look any thinner. That's just what it was like for the next seven years. Never well, grew hair, Gene Hackman. Came out that way. John Hawks was on an earlier episode. And he looks quite young. But Tobin Bell looks exactly the same. Absolutely. Like 30 years ago. Perfectly the same. It's awesome. At any rate, since Man's in Trouble... Burn Rudder and uh, Eve bust into his house to kind of save him from Jigsaw. And uh, it's kind of, all these episodes end similar to shows we've talked about before. So it's like a big action sequence and action is in quotes. It's not the best action. Mm-hmm. But like, they, you mean the slow motion karate is yeah. not the best action? And they you've do ever that seen? every episode. They just slow mo it up. Oh my. I had to check YouTube. I'm like, did I fucking hit a button here? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not great. I, I did like that Burn Rudder appears to drop from the roof onto one of the bad guys. I'm just like, he is, I mean, leaving apart the fact that his character is supposed to be quite ill, the actor himself is not fit in no. any way, shape, or form. Both the actor and the character just recently had a heart attack before <laughs> that scene. So watching him drop from apparently the roof onto a character looked like a bag of potatoes had been dropped. <laughs> Hitting Anvil. Yes. That was his name, Anvil. The, uh, the, oh, the right, right the hand henchman. Man. Yes. yes, yes. Anvil the henchman. Eve gets in a karate fight with the woman from the gym mm-hmm. that was who, who it was right the right yeah. hand okay yeah I, i'm pretty sure that's who it was who i thought she was like she has no robot powers like it's a fair fight she's fighting this gym lady and eve is losing oh yeah i think this is a i don't know if this has a trope name if we looked it up but we've seen this in a few shows now too if there's a man and a woman who have to fight they will invariably split up and find someone of their own gender to fight. That's oh. just that's just what happens in fights. Still happens. Check, take a look at the, any of the Avengers films, right? Like it tends to be males fight males and females fight females. I mean, so. it's tough. It's just a tough thing to watch. I think it, this was tough to watch for various reasons. So I think Zack Snyder definitely saw this. This seems to be like a hand crank ramping up and slowing down during the karate. <laughs> I call it karate. I'm offending people that know yeah. or watch karate, but. Um, it was more like a jazzercise. It was, it was Taibo? Is Taibo a thing? Can I make fun of Taibo? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Billy Blanks was on the side being like, your kick needs to be higher. Higher. Oh, it could so, be. It's the right time frame. It is the right time. Uh, and it all sort of culminates in Burn Router and Jigsaw having a standoff with guns where where she's so out of shape that even in this moment with the standoff, they have to have Burn Router sit down in a chair. Like <laughs> It's not even a standoff. One of them is sitting in the standoff. Behind a desk. Just having a nice, nice little sit. And uh, we hear, correct me if I'm wrong, we hear one gunshot go off. That's correct. One bang. Very loud. And they're both shot and they die. Yeah. I assume they shot at the exact same time. Exact same time. Yeah. And Burn Router is happy. He's happy to be back on the job. He's dying happy. 
mainly because he got to kill Tobin Bell, which would be a serious issue if there was any law and order. But yeah. it's just you brought a, a gun, brought a retired cop, civilian to kill a man yeah. on a stakeout. And I, I only realize it now after our many dick jokes that Burn Router repeatedly talks about the size of his gun. <laughs> Oh, that's right. right. The episode and mocks man, super insecure man, uh, about having a little little gun that he brings mm-hmm. on the job. So, and we do get to see his gun, and it's quite large. Wow! So this is there's an ejaculation at the end of this episode, metaphorically <laughs> speaking. Metaphorically, if we go back to the original, she revives revives his penis. Uh, by getting him back on the job. So you think that's what Gus F. was after? That's what Gus F. was talking about. I get it now. Amazing. Uh, the whole thing wraps up with them back on the beach. Bernard has been dead. He's been cremated. He has no family, apparently, because it's up to man to throw his ashes into the ocean. It throws ashes various places. Yeah, there's like a list of places he's supposed to throw his ashes. The track. <laughs> the strip club. Uh, he kept a little pouch for himself. Yeah, that's yeah. for later. Uh, he was just an alcoholic drunk. Like, he's just a gambling drunk. So. I did like, I watched him throw it weakly into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. And the entire time, for the rest of the scene, I'm just like, just gonna float back in just gonna float back in but the scene does culminate with it floating back in and he has to go get it so i was like well yeah. at least it's true to itself and eve mocks him for him like yeah. no it's not till 10 48 that the that the tide is going out and she's like also do you see the size of your gun yeah <laughs> well did you did you catch how man wants his ashes to be disposed of uh you know honestly my note here was i don't care about these ashes no one cares <laughs> so i know what happened <laughs> Well, man tells her how he wants his ashes to be disposed of. He wants her to shove it into his gun and shoot, shoot, it. shoot it into space. Anywhere. He didn't specify. Did he, I thought he said shoot it into space. Maybe. Right. But I mean, you're not going to shoot her in the space. face. Did I hear it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> so. I want you to put my ashes in a gun, find my ex-wife, shoot her in the face. <laughs> and, and Eve, who's just the emotional heart of this whole thing, says, would it be okay if I kept your a, a small amount of your ashes? Uh, like he, yeah. she asks, it's very nice, nice ending. So they, they've really become very close. Yeah, they they got rid of um the whole because this show started in episode one that he hates robots and doesn't want a robot partner. Right, but they got rid of that real quick. Like they're then, tight by episode three. They're just and then he saw Yancey Butler. Was like, no, no, I'm fine with it. It's <laughs> yeah. all good. <laughs> all right, let's let's get in episode four. Here's the IMDb summary for episode four: Water, water everywhere. What happened when the story came out? It almost cost me my job. Bennett Tyler is a very powerful man. That was part of my reason for speaking out. If we could get rid of him, we could actually start to change the autocracy that has a stranglehold on the city's water. But that's not kind of affected by the contamination. We picked the wrong place to land. With the kind of concentration they're getting, they'll be dead before tomorrow. Man's neighbor, a food reporter, investigates the murder of another reporter who broke the story about a contaminated reservoir. This summary was courtesy of, let's say it together, uh, Gus F. Oh, Gus, oh, Gus again? Yeah. That's nice. Gus I, is, I, has I upped his game. That's actually what happened in this episode. Yeah. He's me, done all of them, and he, they, he's been pretty good, I think. Actually. Now, did Gus also rate them? Because the star rating on IMDb is ludicrous for this show. I didn't look at him. Episode 3 has a 9.2. <laughs> I, think I think it's only Gus who's ever okay. clicked on that button. Then he's rated it 58 times. <laughs> 58, wow. 58 people thought this was the best show of all time. Where are those people? And why can't they put a better feed on YouTube? It's just the Yancey Butler. She's like, hey, sweetheart, rate that episode again. <laughs> like, that's, that's to her assistant. I hear a debate between Yancey Butler and Kathleen Turner. <laughs> so like, you pick which one's which. <laughs> 
Steve, you sort of mentioned this here about the quality. We're watching all of these on YouTube. They've all been uploaded by some uh, generous benefactor. Unfortunately, of all the episodes, and it's even in the comments of this YouTube video, is this is the lowest quality one. It's a really bad VHS rip. It, the VHS tape was clearly quite damaged when it was uploaded, so it was borderline watchable, I would say. Yeah. For a second... I, and it, only people over 30 will understand what I mean. But for a second, I reached towards my computer the looking tracking. for the tracking button. And I'm like, yeah. that doesn't exist anymore. And I had to pull my hand slowly back. The In the comments, someone like is just like complaining about the quality of it. And the man who uploaded was just like, give me a break. I'm finding these on VHS and uploading them where I can. This is the only copy I could find. Like, he's just like, leave me alone. But you can get this whole thing on DVD. Can I, you? There's a full series set. I mean, that is the MD photo is of a DVD version, but yeah. I, I don't know. This man could not find them. And these are recent uploads. Right. These are in the last three years these have been uploaded. Well, it's 9.2. You got to get it out there. People want to see. People are dying to see this show. Oh. So you'll have to bear with us. I think there's a chance I did follow everything in this episode. I did my best to track it, but the audio could be a little hard to hear at times. I really liked every now and then the image would glitch and people would just like jerk around in the frame for a second and then like it would keep going um bonus though all the tv commercials were in this one. Oh my god mm, that's right it which, was the highlight which now, was can, the highlight. can we just mention them real quick because i remember two of them and i didn't don't think i remember down but the um uh the pepsi commercial with uh what's his face ray charles yes i, I remember yeah. those oh as yeah a kid and there was another one too um do you have them written down well i have two that were my favorite part so seeing dave fucking thomas again Oh, right, yeah. Grandfather of Wendy's. He's really pushing those Wendy's salads. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dave's signature salads? Like, I I didn't cry, but my heart swelled just a little bit when I saw Dave Thomas. It was just... It I just, had the opposite feeling. I was like, I'm glad you're dead, you bastard. Wow. No, I just... I don't okay. really care. I don't care either way. <laughs> now, in the opposite of that, when Bronson Pinoche... I pronounce it Pinchot. Oh, Pinchot. Pinchot? I say yeah. Pinochet, but I know that's not correct. <laughs> no, that's uh, the dictator that died. Oh, right, right. Um, he was in a Domino's commercial... Yeah, where he like <laughs> tried to molest a woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he coordinates like a pizza molestation with a small child. Yes. Yeah. Was that the small child's babysitter or sister? I, it was I a woman remember. walking down the street and uh, the kid said hello to her and he came up from her car and he's like, who's that? Yeah. All you need to know is ladies love pizza. <laughs> ladies love pizza. But yeah, it was great. If, if, if anybody is not going to watch this episode, and I don't recommend that you do. Watch this feed just for the commercial. Just skim forward yeah. for a commercial. Don't even skim. Watch the whole episode just for the commercial because it's worth it. Um, well, we'll get into it. Uh, this episode also, again, as you mentioned, uses the radio to build some world. Like we start off in the morning at Man's house. The morning radio zoo crew's on. And they, they kind of reveal a, a big plot point that I'm shocked hasn't come up to this point that uh, about California. What is that? Uh, that California's been in a drought for three years. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. There's like a massive water shortage and it kind of leads to a whole gag they'll run throughout the scene where man's just trying to take his shower in his allotted amount of water that mm. he's allowed every day. Well, once again, the the psychic nature of the show is just it's mind boggling. It's so good that like they would recognize that L.A. would be in a drought because it is like it's been in a drought for quite a long time. So it's impressive that they have they've read the the zeitgeist so well um, that they've got it. I will say, we'll get into it a bit, but this this whole episode has to do with, you know, water droughts and shortages and stuff like that. This is all just the plot to Chinatown. Well, not only that, they they call, they mention Chinatown in this. Yeah. As of like, it's that sort of thing where the writer's ripping off another writer and like, well, there's a way around that. I'll just say, 
you know, hey, remember that other thing I'm ripping off? It's mm. like, well, no, you're still ripping it off, you lazy person. So it is, it is very much in that vein. Um, getting back to the radio really quickly, we do kind of learn that, like, because it's a drought, you can, like, win water, and, like, water's tough to get. Like, they have a contest to win extra water every week, and that's kind of becomes a the major plot point is, A, man needs to have a shower, mm-hmm. and B, what's going on with the water drought? And as he's trying to get in the shower, part of this gag where he can't get in there is he gets a call from Cleghorn, and there's been the first murder in Zone 15 in two years. Uh, a victim has been found in a swimming pool, and it's an old friend of man's, an old reporter he used to know. Mm-hmm. So man then tries to get back in the shower, but who, so, who should drop by then? He a- he's asked if they're friends, but he like he denies it, and he says that they had beer a couple times. I think there was something going like there's something romantic going on about that there. The way he talks about him is like it's it's subtle, but I picked up on it quite a bit because he was like, no, I just I, I had beer was a few times. He's like trying to play it down that they got inebriated, they had a f- mutual feeling, something happened. Oh, interesting. I read it as like this was someone's idea of how a tough guy is like tough guys don't have friends and not a tough guy like man tough guys can have romantic relationships with other tough guys like it happens it's it's completely reasonable well the next person that comes in is his nosy reporter friend a food reporter well here's the thing i didn't understand and maybe you guys can explain this to me he's a food reporter so and they talk about how he does reviews of restaurants mm-hmm. but then they also talk about how he puts recipes in the newspaper yes is also- that what a news reporter does i don't think so those are two very different things might recommend uh, a recipe really? here and there he seems to write them as well because um man and him are f- on and off friendly but man says he held a grudge against him because he gave him a recipe that had a missing ingredient the pumpernickel recipe that was missing the yeast that was <laughs> they call it the pumpernickel incident he can't live this down this poor reporter everybody's like oh you're the pumpernickel guy man has so many non-friend friends and they're just hanging around everywhere well he drinks beer with a lot of guys so he's just- <laughs> Anyway, he comes in, he interrupts the shower, and then Eve comes in and also interrupts the shower because it's hilarious that he can't take a shower. That's the whole point of this scene. Yes. So we have another amazing character actor in this. Yeah, the in our friend, yeah, the writer, the food reporter Cur- is Curtis Armstrong, commonly known to most people as Booger. Yes, from Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds, among other things, another uh, illustrious cl- career, a hundred and some uh, different items on imdb do you think when he walks down the street people just yell booger at him absolutely i actually do think that probably happens a lot <laughs> yeah uh he's there though because he wants to stop being a food reporter and he's heard that this other reporter is dead and he's just like man cut me in on this investigation i want to be a serious journalist how do i get in on this murder investigation yeah. and i immediately thought he was the murderer i mean it's very suspicious <laughs> right? like yeah. my only competition is dead my competition for your affections and your tips is dead please cut me in I want a piece. But because of the pumpernickel incident, he's out. He's out. You can't come in. So, you know, man and Eve start looking at the crime. Once again, they hop on a computer and start typing stuff in. And uh, as they're looking, a big Chinese food delivery happens because food reporter wants in. So he's like, here, I I sent you all this food to eat, Mm -hmm. which leads to another great gag. What was the gag on that one? Uh, They watch a live autopsy. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So thank you, Luke. So all the food gets delivered. Uh, he's just like, I'm going to eat all the food. Man is. And then um, Eve's like, well, I'm going to watch this live autopsy for some reason. Um, and then so while she's watching it, man is eating and he keeps getting grossed out because obviously a very gross thing is happening while he's eating. So it wasn't necessarily like it was a live autopsy, but again, in a prophetic thing, it was a, they were video conferencing. Mm-hmm. That is right? true. They were like Skyping the autopsy and the autopsy, the, uh, what do you call an autopsy? Mortician? Person? The mort- mm. No. The doctor. Yeah, uh, the doctor was very like 
theatrical about the I, whole I thing, liked right? it too. Yeah, he it's he's been one of the many um actors who have had very small roles in this who have made them much much bigger roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I flagged him too. I was just like if this was a recurring character with the vending machine, we're like we'd be starting to build an ensemble here mm-hmm. that works. Oh yeah. And he had a romance with the vending machine? That would be awesome. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. I'm right? on board. I'm on board. So, this is one of the best like gross shots to tasty shots that you see cuz he keeps like they show the they don't show the brain, but they show some of the intestines and stuff and then cut back to the food. Right, right. They're doing a lot of like cross-cutting. Yeah, and like the Kung Pao chicken looks really terrible. It was good. Mm. It was good. It was visceral. So. I mean, that's a, it's a classic gross-up move. It, it, it did work too, I think, totally. on the show. Um, but the, the autopsy basically reveals that this guy had died and they thought he died in a swimming pool, but the water in his lungs is fresh water, so he couldn't have died there. So now they don't know where the victim died, mm-hmm. which... It's a tenuous start to the episode, but that's kind of the clue they're working from. I think he drank that water. <laughs> I think because there's like it was instantaneous. He opened him up. He talked about the Y cut. He opened up his lungs, and he's like, oh, "This is fresh water." <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you know fresh that? water. Yeah. It's so in short. It's <laughs> glacial like, clear fresh water. It's like I'll take some of this home for later. Um, they they go to visit the victim's publisher, and they kind of talk about how he's made a bunch of enemies because he did this report on a poisoned reservoir in california during mm-hmm. this drought which is a big uh, shame to the congressman who runs the runs the state is that how states work yep. i don't know That's it. yeah yep something like that so the next plan is once again three episodes in a row i think now they go undercover one more time <laughs> and uh this time they are congressional aides from louisiana yeah mm-hmm. and i and then i because i was like oh they're doing accents and i looked it up and uh what's his face who plays uh man is actually from louisiana Oh, really? Uh, yeah. That explains it. Because later on, too, he makes his famous Louisiana gumbo. I'm like, oh, are they trying to establish this character is from Louisiana? Mm-hmm. But that's why. Yeah. So speaking of Louisiana, Yancey Butler was in a film called Hard Target, <laughs> which is set in Louisiana. It's fantastic. It was made in 1993 by John Woo. It's worth watching. All right. Well, if John Woo did it, maybe <laughs> maybe you buried the lead there. Maybe I'm back on board. There are birds. Slow motion doves flying. Are they slowed down like this? Are they like they just slow them down in post? Oh, yeah, maybe it was, done, it was maybe the first karate sequence was done by John Woo in the uh, <laughs> episode two. That'd be amazing if John Woo had to direct one of these episodes. <laughs> they find the congressman. They kind of corner him and they like pretend to be like we're on your side, trying to help you do illegal governments. It's a, I wasn't entirely sure what the gambit was. There's some reference to like we don't want you to be embarrassed, like that scandal with President Quayle. Oh, so I, I, I we've mentioned it before. I'm just. I know why these shows do it because it's like it's the future. But there's just something so annoying about the hilarious jokes of like, wouldn't it be hilarious if Quail became president? Mm-hmm. It's like no one remembers who he is anymore. I if, like- if I went to some, if I went to a twelve year old and said, "Do you know who Dan Quail is?" They'll say, "I have no idea what you're saying." <laughs> and then they say, "Yeet yeet." <laughs> That's what the kids say. I like the fact that the idea that in the future an independent could win the uh, the presidential race, but yeah, I at this point. <laughs> The piercing noise that is present in the YouTube video had basically killed a lot of my brain cells, and I just glossed over all of this stuff. All the stuff with the scientists, like I was like, "This is." I I started to watch it at one and a half speed, just to get just to get, get going. It. I mean, essentially, I don't. I I had trouble following it. And I don't think it was just the volume. I think it was some questionable, like what was happening too. Mm. He the congressman seems to give him this tip that he thinks. Something to do with the woman who runs the reservoir has something to do with it. So they drive over to the reservoir to meet with her. Right. And she basically reveals like, hey, 
I tipped off the reporter about the poison reservoir. It's full of PCBs, some sort of poison in the water. Yeah. I don't know what a PCB is. I thought she said PCP. I also thought that. This is amazing. I also thought that was the case. Um, These polymers have poisoned the entire reservoir, which obviously is terrible, and it's hurting the already strapped water supply. And like that's more, they see some ducks swimming around, and they're like, those ducks are even dead. Five minutes, those ducks are dead. They're swimming around in the water. And it kind of just goes from there and and dead ends. Like the investigation dead ends from that point. Mm -hmm. Well, they're terrible investigators, as we saw in the yeah. last. Yeah. Well, it, it comes back to man doing his classic detective work is he just starts making a wild guess to move them forward. And this time his wild guess is like, hey, uh, punch in the computer, Eve, for me. Articles that that dead, dead reporter's written and criminals. See if there's any crossover. Mm-hmm. And they find a guy who the victim had written a story about who's an ex-con who's now a wine exporter. He exports Californian wine to like asian china and things you know when you say it it actually sounds like a really brilliant move right you have a you have a victim who's mm. been murdered he writes about he writes about things see if he has any connections to criminals in the past so uh, yeah i mean man is coming he's coming full circle yeah it's it's a tenuous it's a tenuous yeah. connection because they go there there doesn't seem to be anything wrong the guy's like i just export wine now like leave me alone and did you guys notice who that guy was oh yes <laughs> from from seinfeld he's a real mm. phony he's a phony <laughs> that is both thumbs broken yeah, that's right. Uh, Lee Arenberg yeah. is the name. And uh, uh, most the kids would know him from Pirates of the Caribbean. That's what I know him from. Yeah. Oh. He calls Jerry he calls Jerry a, a real phony. Yeah. And that's a real rumor that comes back. That is one of the best lines yeah. when he, he's I'm at the... That Michael Jordan so phony? Yeah. That one? <laughs> no, I was in the, when he in the, the funeral. Because at some point, he's in two episodes of Sunday. That's right, At one point, yeah. he gets him... He, Jerry pushes him in the trunk of his car right. and he's able to break out while Jerry is at a funeral. And then he runs to the front and he accuses Jerry of killing the person. And then he's like, and I broke his thumbs. <laughs> and then Andy is. Yeah. I, um, think it's one of the best I like that we're just discussing how good Seinfeld was. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> Leah Renberg, thanks for showing up. <laughs> yes. Well, Leah Renberg, Marco, Marco is making Chinese wine. Yeah, yes. from the Bordeaux from the Yangtze Valley. Which, <laughs> right, and that's what it yeah. is. Right, yeah. so he he's got a bottling factory, and he's having a party with a group of Chinese businessmen. Yeah, and he's wearing a blue suit jacket with about a twelve-inch white racing stripe <laughs> running across the front it's of the it. Future, it is the future. That's how you know. Um, so yeah, we we see the seeds. I don't you know don't want to tell anybody what's going to happen here, but we see the seeds of something yeah, coming together. They will bring this back to it, but I, I will say it's like there's no. There's no connection. Like, they find nothing, essentially. Like, yeah. this is apropos to nothing and a random guess he's made mm-hmm. that goes nowhere. And they just jump. They jump to him cooking food. And they're like, we've invited the food reporter over. We're going to pump him for information. And I'm just like, based on what? Yeah. What is happening? Why is he coming over? Well, he's now the most likely suspect again. <laughs> I guess so. They, they bring him over and we get this, like, another, like, classic man gambit of how to, like, handle a scene. But... He serves the chili and he's just like, and then he puts out all these hot peppers on the table and he's just like, oh, food reporter, don't eat those. They're too hot for you. That you'll, you'll burn your mouth. But Eve, being a robot, she's, she takes one and she eats it and he's like, oh, so that was a ploy? This was all a ploy. Okay, because yeah. I thought all of a sudden Eve was just being a complete dick for no reason. It was just like, yeah, I'll eat that. <laughs> She, she knows she's a robot. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to fuck with Booger here for no reason. And I was like, why? Well, it becomes this pepper eating contest where now uh booger the food reporter he, he's like well i'll eat one too and then she's like well don't eat one of these they're even hotter and then mm-hmm. she eats it he's like oh well i can do it too and this whole thing is basically to get him to eat so many hot peppers he's in great discomfort and they'll only give him water if 
he gives up information like this is like their plan is to make him burn his mouth and withhold liquid it's the mm-hmm. old um uh like detective shining the hot light, the hot on, light the, on the on the person they're interviewing but with this it's peppers because that's Put a hot funnier. pepper in your mouth but of course yeah. you can't get water because there's a water, water shortage milk. and you know eve says of course that water will only exacspate the problem which it will you know, absolutely you need the milk maybe which a malted in, milk malted milk which is in huge supply so i don't see what the problem is <laughs> but anyway he gives up the information that the dead guy was sleeping with his publisher and then they they hand him over some milk to drink right and then we cut to and they're re-interviewing this publisher and she's just like well i don't know anything else but i do have his personal computer here and he had an appointment at this water runoff. I don't know. Go look at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I was like, wait, wait, slow down, you guys. What is happening? So there's a, they go to the water runoff. It's like just like Chinatown. It's just blowing water out of this water runoff. They're like, this should be stormwater drain, but it's blowing out good, clean water. What's going on? I don't, it was so hard. I mean, maybe it was the quality of this thing, but I was just like was having trouble connecting the dots myself because mm. these scenes are so short too. It's just like. Talk to this lady. Go to this water. Go to this water. Blow off. This water's fresh. And then I just like, I was was having trouble following how they were getting this place. And then while they're there, Eve will see a duck. But she won't say it at the time. We'll cut to another scene. And Eve's like, did you notice that duck while we were at the water runoff? And, And he's like, no. He's like, well, I'm a robot. And I can recognize ducks. And that was the same duck from the reservoir. And it's not dead. Yeah. And then they she zooms in on her. Yeah, Terminator little... site, and there's, it has the same tag. Yeah. Right? And they're like, that means there's no poisoned water. And I'm just like, what is happening here? Yeah. yeah like, was... So thus, this whole episode is a big waste of time. <laughs> anyway, that kind of, I guess, in this, like, it has to be less than five minutes. They, like, clear up the entire water plot very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So they, I guess, I mean, you got to move forward, I guess. But the ducks solve the case. And they, they, they what a great line <laughs> solve the case. They there's a quick scene where they swing past Cleghorn to like fill her in. And at that gumbo uh, dinner, the the food reporter had given man a fancy watch trying, oh. to, trying to buy his buy his way into the investigation. A chef's watch. A chef's watch. I Google them. They don't fucking exist. It's not a real thing. <laughs> it's not a real thing. I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. It's not a thing. I'm assuming it just like converts measurements. Yeah, it did. No, it, it yeah. gave timers and give you the time yeah. and converted measurements. It was, it was a terrible, terrible smartwatch is what it was. Yes. Yeah. Very too specific a smartwatch. Yeah. But really what's been happening is there's a mic inside the smartwatch mm-hmm. and he's been listening the whole time to pick up information for his like crime report. Yeah. But man, man knew that it was a, yeah. a microphone. Man, but, man occasionally is an excellent detective. Yeah. He, he has been onto him apparently the whole time. Yeah. And so as he tells Cleghorn what's been happening, he's basically talking into his watch and being, and he's essentially goading the food reporter to go drown in the same way that the yeah. first reporter did. And in fact, the food reporter goes back to the same water runoff goes down the water starts running he almost drowns until man pulls him out so but, dude you're, he said to her because i think eve says at one point she's like like you almost killed him and he was like hey guys like him never die yeah that, that was his way around it, like, it was, yeah i knew he and would it be was fine. seconds before he gets hit with thousands yeah. of liters of water at high pressure like you never die boom yeah. like smoked immediately yeah. man definitely tries to kill him and even when he saves him he pulls him out and he's just like that water is poisoned with PCBs. You're going to die. And he's just like, the guy just starts breaking down. And then he's like, that's not true. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know what man's problem is with this, this guy. This is the second episode in a row where one of these police officers has brought in a non uniform badged officer to be the fall guy or to like, I I think the writers go, Oh no, these characters, I don't know what they would do or talk about. So 
let's just bring a third character every episode for someone for them to talk to and then something interesting to happen because these two are boring and then we'll put that person in the line of fire yeah. at the end yeah and now that they've saved him they're standing at this water reserve the congressman shows up with a gun mm-hmm. but he's not the bad guy no no he's, he's a bad guy but he's not yeah, the bad exactly. guy yeah. I, th- I mean correct me if i'm wrong i tr- what I could gather from what I could hear, they called him out because I think they thought he was the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And when he got there, he just saw all this kerfuffle, like basically man trying to kill someone. So he's like, oh, I better save that guy and pull down my gun. <laughs> yeah. There's, well, no, there's literally no reason for him to come back. He thought that they think that he is wasting water at the source. Right. It, to c- cause the false water shortage. Right. He's saying that he's telling he's telling people that it's dirty when it's not. So then I thought it was going to be the scientist engineer lady who was yeah, but it's not. siphoning off, but it's not. It's not it's, any it's of the them. old phony. Well, <laughs> what kind of happens here is like they talk to him. They figure out, okay, this isn't his fault. He didn't know the clean water was being run off. Right. And someone says something about, what are you going to do with it? Water down wine? And they like click the pieces together that like, oh, wait, this wine man is selling water down wine to sell California's wine. But I think... You are both wrong in that it is the scientist. She's orchestrating the whole thing. Oh, is that right? Right. Because she's in we, on it. When we jumped to the bottling plant, she's there and he and he, she's with the ex-con oh, and the ex-con's right. just like, I'm really nervous about what we're doing. He's she's just like, shut up. Oh, that's you're, who you're, that was. You're right. Okay. Yeah, you know it's funny? I didn't know who that was because of the video quality. Yeah. That's what I'll blame it on. I will no, say totally. it's not clear because she is in a very short scene early on and you're supposed to track her from like twenty five minutes earlier. I only really clued in midway through the scene. I'm like, oh, this is the scientist who yeah falsely claimed the reserve was poison so she could get in business of selling water overseas what's yeah. more important though in the scene is that in typical fashion this show we break into a fight and it's man on man woman on woman yeah, as it should yeah. be uh i mean i will say in this man moment, on man man on man double n you on gotta single say one. you have to say it like they do at the beginning of the show man <laughs> and machine uh i did like in this scene though eve does her first good robot jump there's like a really long jump she mm-hmm. makes. I mean, it's shot very awkwardly, but she does like a huge robot jump. I'm like, oh, finally, robot power. There's a shimmering s- sound in the background, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but essentially, yeah, they, they catch the two bad guys. It's all over. And then uh, because there's a big gunfight to catch them, one of the containers full of water is spilling water out and man sees his chance and he runs over and starts taking a shower. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that's right. They, a bullet hole pers- pierces one of the uh, bottles. Yeah, one of the tanks. And man's yeah. like, finally. I could get that shower. It's yeah. brilliant. It's, it's, it's a real resolution to that joke that no one thought was funny to begin with. Bottling clean water from the Colorado River and then selling it to China. Like, there's an interesting show somewhere here. I mean, there's probably a good idea buried very deeply under the surface. Absolutely. Um, and it kind of just ends on this tag where they're reading the newspaper and the food reporters come back to writing food reports and then... But they're like, but his food, his food reports or his recipes now are much more dangerous because he puts a spicy ingredient in mm-hmm. them. And I guess they state what the theme of this episode was because uh, they're talking about how, oh, maybe in the future, Eve, you'll want to do something different than police work. And she's like, what? He's like, yes, because as we've learned from this episode, people can change. And I'm like, is that what I learned from this episode? <laughs> yeah, and that was the moral. Do you, do you remember what he recommended as her possible future interest? Was it the worm wine, collection? Wine worm collection. raising. Oh, yeah. was that it? I thought it was yeah. wine collection. No, it was worm. worm. It was like, maybe you get one worm, and then you get the worm a friend, and then they have a worm family. And then that worm yeah. family, it was the crazy, why would you recommend that? Like, 
if worm farming was done in the future as some sort of protein, I would get it. But it's never mentioned well, ever. To, in an episode you haven't seen, uh, he made a dating profile for Eve. And one of the uh, things he said she should put in her profile of likes was, uh, uh, what was it, classic Studebakers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. His, his likes are out of control. Right. Yeah. So I, uh, I had the pleasure of watching this episode with the YouTube subtitles on. So at some point, doesn't Eve start talking like an old time movie? I think she's talking to the. She starts dropping like a yeah, weird. Yeah, she slang. has a. Uh, it's something they started. I think it was an episode one where um, he told her to start essentially like picking up idioms and catchphrases. Right. Watching because, culture. Yeah, so she's been watching like old Stooges and stuff like that. So now okay. she's dropping in these non sequitur kind right. of lines. So we got a bit of like um a uh, demolition man thing happened yeah okay so at one point the the quote from youtube was you motherfucker i heard it in a movie gotten <laughs> slaves in 1939 by randolph gray that was the subtitle <laughs> that was the subtitle <laughs> clearly that was not the, yeah. the the words that was said i will send you this screen grab because it's funny. priceless and then at the end of the episode when he's talking about the worms and and they're cooking it says combination it is quite ovulation or completely normal <laughs> So <laughs> these are these are great. I've watched I've watched YouTube subtitles for this show before, and it is fun to kind of see how a misinter how how they misinterpret it. Yeah. All right. I mean, do you guys have any final thoughts on these episodes? Really, it's. Uh... I have one weird thing to mention that uh, uh, Steve mentioned at the very beginning, which was the commercials, and I and I just saw I had written some of my notes here. There, this has nothing to do with the episode, but there there was a commercial for Unsolved Mysteries, and it was on the episode of Noah's Ark. And there was, a, it went to a talking head of like, you know, here's what you're going to see. And the guy and the quote, the guy had, he goes, it's Noah's Ark 200%. <laughs> and, and I, and I, and I laughed. And then I remembered, I remember watching that episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Wow. Cause I remember going to school the next day and being like, guys, I think Noah's Ark is real. It's real. Like yeah. it's on a mountain and they're just, the government's not letting you see it. I'm 200% sure. Guys. 200% sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask in math class today if yeah. that's possible, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. One thing I noticed we're building on this episode is I can't even tell you why it came up. I think they were talking about like finding out some information but someone just says what are you with the cia and they're like the cia closed three years ago i know yeah. why, why would it why i know they, there's a whole bunch of these weird things it's like yeah it's the future but why why would the cia close what has happened it's anyway it's such an interesting world that i know it, it's almost enough to make me want to watch more of this show i don't I, think it is i don't know if i will but i <laughs> almost enough almost enough if if this last episode was as good a quality as the first episode which is a weird thing to say the first episode I watched, so episode three. I, I might keep watching on YouTube. Just mm-hmm. in the background while I'm doing other stuff, I might keep on. So That was tough. I mean, I'll tell you, my favorite part of the episode was in the credits when Jerry Seinfeld did a promo for watching Seinfeld. Oh, I didn't see that one either. No. Is it, that the very end? It was an audio. It was like an audio clip, and he's just oh. like, hey, it's me, Jerry Seinfeld. Special two-parter this out this week. Check it out or not. Wow. I, I loved it so much. I'm like, oh, this is so weird. I did see the advertisement for the last cosby show yeah the hour long show I'm like i don't know <laughs> yeah. how i feel about this i know oh, well, that... you know what the funny thing about all this is i, I watched it do is there was something obviously nostalgic about seeing old commercials and old tv mm. shows and stuff like oh, coming up cheers You're like oh, i love cheers but it was clearly more interesting than these episodes were because we, we could probably talk more about you know the last episode of cosby show or at least the 30 seconds talking about the last episode of cosby show more than the water dilemma in this stupid show. I mean, mm. it's pretty clear to me that the thing we liked most about both these episodes was that one of them had commercials. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we should rate these things. All right, let's do it. So first episode, no pain, no gain. Steve? 
I had a real good time with it. I, from the from the odd sex scene to the Nazi gym, um, the Aryan gym, Aryan gym. That's right. right. Uh, like an eight, guys. Like I really oh had my, fun. Oh my god! Yeah, it was really enjoyable for me to watch this episode. No, uh, go me? ahead. I'll, I'll go next then. Uh, I honestly, having watched the first two, I man, it's it's not clicking for me. I'm wow. sorry, Steve. I'm sorry. This is. Uh, I mean. I think this might be a 2.5. Wow. Tobin Bell earns at least a couple points just I himself. think he's getting the points. <laughs> wow. That's rough. Um, I'm going to go somewhere in between you two. Uh, originally, I'd written down 5 out of 10, but after discussing this and having to relive it again, I'm knocking it down to a 4 out of 10. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, well, why don't you keep going, Jordan? What about Water, Water Everywhere? Um I'm going to give Water, Water Everywhere um, a 3 out of 10. I uh, The only thing I really liked was seeing Ray Charles come back mm. and talk about Pepsi. Steve? Yeah, Water, Water Everywhere was terrible. Both the quality of the of what we had to watch was really hurt it. Um, you know what? The world building in terms of the radio and the showers and the CIA being canceled like kind of makes it interesting to me. So I'm going to give it a 3.5. 3.5? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real hot on one of those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's been a while. I don't do this every week, right? That's his, so. that's his Carlotta's episode. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Uh, Jordan's high point was a very bad episode as well. Um, I, it's so hard. I, I actually felt almost the same about both these episodes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to a 2.5 on these. Wow. I'm wow. sorry. I'm sorry. I could. Guys are so jaded. So man. let's just be it. careful. Steve, you might want to strap yourself in, and I'm gonna do the same. And Luke needs to go to the computer right. and check the computer because we may be taking the escape pod because the ratings might be too low and we have to get out of the ship let me let's let's boot up the old computer all right let's have a look at what this rating is coming in at stop that stop it stop it (laughs) Uh, it is at a 4.02. Oh, we're going. Even out. with that eight, I'm shocked. I thought for sure we were going to stay above a five. Um, but that means, sorry, Steve, I know you love this show more than anything on earth, apparently. <laughs> we are going to take the escape pod, but Alien Rules, one final episode sneaks onto the podcast. We will watch the final episode next week of Man and Machine, and we'll see. If fast-forwarding to episode nine, if we see any marked improvement in the show. Yeah. My bet? Uh, probably not. Steve looks so disappointed in I'm, me right I'm now. hurt. So if you'd like to continue watching Man and Machine, you can follow me on my podcast. <laughs> the Man and Machine. The Man and Machine. Yeah. Yeah. Man watching Man and Machine. Man and Man and Machine. <laughs> man and Machine. Well, um, it's been a lot of fun, Steve. Thank you so much for coming back. Guys, thanks for having me. I, I love doing it, and uh, clearly I love the show. So You know what? I'm so glad you came on, and you were so positive about it. It was so nice and a refreshment, because I, I was feeling, I'm like, this has been rough, and I don't know if it's going to have been rough on Steve. What what he's, what he's translating to is, he was worried to come to the studio and listen to me <laughs> bring him down even further, and then it'd just be the two of us just, just crapping all over this show. I mean, I I do my best to give these shows the benefit of the doubt, but this one has been tough. It's not a procedural. It's borderline science fiction. And it just it's not working for me. It's just not working. Well, I uh, I wish you all the best in an abandoning ship. Uh, I'm going to ride this one to the end. Someone's <laughs> got to fly this USS Kelvin if, into the heart of some big ship. And if, I will do that. If you watch the rest of these episodes, 
I will call in and have you uh, give a little summary of the rest of the episode. I will be happy to do that. I'm in. I'm in. If for... you if you loved it that much, I would love to hear you uh, give us a final review of the full series. You can find my uh, summaries on IMDb. I'm going to replace <laughs> Fun Guy 69 or whatever his name was. So how many more episodes? 21 in the season? There's only nine. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a real easy. We're halfway through already. I'll have it done by tomorrow. All right. All right. Well, in the meantime... If you're mad at us for leaving Mad Machine, shame on you. But you can email us at continuandrag@gmail.com, and of course, uh, Steve's got screen caps of these great subtitles he got from YouTube. We'll have some clips. You can follow that on our social media at Instagram and Twitter at Continuum Drag. Um, and I guess that about wraps it up. Thanks for joining us, Steve. Thanks again for having me, guys. I had a great time. And seriously, guys, it's Noah's Ark, two hundred percent. We'll find out next week. <laughs> Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rick Siedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes, Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Jane McRae, and Stephen Packard. Hi, this is Jerry Seinfeld, and have I got a surprise for you. This Wednesday, you get to spend an hour with me! Seinfeld's on for one whole hour, so come on along! Or not. Seinfeld, Wednesday on NBC.